Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Tiffany in Rome, Katie in Seattle. And today, we're going to be tackling a question from Ireland. We're uh, all over the world today. So I'm going to read you an email. Tiffany, a lot of these questions are for you. I think I can sort of weigh in on it a little bit, of course. But I'm going to read this email, and then we'll see where we go from here. Uh, I have edited this a bit for clarity, and I did let her know that I was going to cut it down a little bit. So <laughs> just so you know, this is not all of the uh, information, but, you know, what I thought we needed for the discussion. All right. This is from Ashling in Ireland. She writes, I stumbled upon your podcast when I had a sudden urge to motivate myself to plan my move to Italy in April. I have dreamt of living there ever since I was a teenager. Here is my background in a nutshell. I closed my holistic therapy business due to an array of unfortunate events during the first year of the pandemic. It was upsetting at the time, but I quickly realized it was pushing me in another direction. And I have fully accepted and trust in the new direction of my life. I am drawn to moving to Italy, a dream I thought was buried so deep but I am not a planner, but I am excited by the idea of starting from the ground up and building a life for myself in Italy. Of course, I would love to find it easy to get a place to live. So I was listening to episode 55 titled Zones, and Tiffany mentioned stumbling upon a young boy with a yoga mat under his arm. It sounds just like how I might find a job, being honest. And I smiled because it's nice to know that I'm not the only one. So quick aside, for those of you who have not listened all the way back to episode 55, which you should, by the way, why not? Uh, <laughs> Tiffany was telling a story about how she ends up with one of her first jobs when she gets to Rome, where she just happens to see someone walking by with a yoga mat under their arm, and she follows that person and asks. Because if, I was a trained yoga teacher. I'm still a trained yoga teacher. I don't do it as a job, but, you know. Yeah, so you follow As, follow him. Is was it a him? I can't remember. If it was, it was a guy. Yeah. yeah, it was a college guy. And you follow him to where he's going, and then talk to the people who own the place, right? Exactly, exactly. And and did get employed. Is that right? I did. I did. Not very gainfully, but um, technically, <laughs> yeah. I was employed. Yeah. How much were you employed? Like once a week? Uh, I think I had um, up at first. It was two, and then I had four classes a week. But not enough to live on, you would say. Oh, God, no. Not not, not nearly enough to live on, especially because it wasn't paid very well. Yeah, I mean, since Ashling is asking about this and thinks that this might be how she gets a job, how much were you being paid, would you guess, to do those four sessions back in the day? I cannot remember, but it depended on how many people showed up for class. So, um, so basically, he gave me a percentage mm. of whatever he earned from the classes and he paid me once a month and i i remember him like going through the cash you know and just handing me a wad of cash mm -hmm. and for a month four lessons a week for a month i don't think it was ever more than 200 euro, 250 euros maybe wow you know something like that yeah and it was pocket change just pocket change basically yeah eating money <laughs> all right so she goes on I am not in the corporate world. Being a holistic therapist, I do mind and body healing treatments, such as energy healing, reflexology, crystal healing, and a little massage. 
The question I have is, what do you do about the language, Tiffany? Could you speak basic Italian in order to teach yoga at that time? I don't have any language, and I'm just doing a little of the basics now through an app. I'm wondering how challenging it will be to get my first job. She goes on and kind of goes in a different direction. Let's pause for a second. What do you think of that sort of initial question? What do you do about the language, Tiffany? Well, you have to learn it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, uh, um, you have to learn it, not just because it'll be 100,000 times easier to get a job, but because if you're going to live in a country, you need to be able to speak the language if you want to have any kind of an authentic experience living there. So I would say an app is not going to cut it. If you're not moving right away, and I'm not saying you can't move without speaking the language in advance, but you have to learn it eventually. So if you're not going yet, if you have some time, you might as well get started, enroll in a real class, ideally an actual class that you go to, not just an online class. I would, I would highly recommend that. And you might get a ton of ideas just being in class with other people and, and talking about Italian all the time. And the teacher might have some ideas for you. And, you know, you put out kind of put out feelers that way. So I would say take a class, get in a real class and be serious about it. And secondly, you can get a job without speaking the language. Um, it's not impossible, but that, that I just don't use that as an excuse not to learn, I guess, is what, what I want to qualify that with. There is a pub in Rome, and I'm not saying that you should get a job in a pub because clearly you have other qualifications. But just to put it out there, there is a pub in Rome that I go to with my husband every so often. It's an Irish pub, actually. And a lot of the young people who work there, and they kind of change quite often, but a lot of times I don't speak Italian. Like a lot of times we walk in and I, you know, I'm just so used to speaking Italian to waitstaff because I'm in Italy that I'll start speaking Italian to them and they'll kind of not be 100% sure what I'm saying. Like you can tell that like maybe they can understand water and they can understand napkin and a few basic words, but they can't sit and have a conversation in Italian. And so I'm like, oh, right. Of course you're, you know, you're Irish or you're American or you're English. And so I speak to them in English. Mm -hmm. So there are jobs that you can get in which English is not required. I had to teach yoga in Italian though. And I got really annoyed when later on he hired another teacher who did her classes in English. And I just was kind of like, why didn't I get this option? <laughs> and, you know, maybe if I had insisted, maybe if I didn't speak English, uh, sorry, maybe if I didn't, if I hadn't spoken Italian, he would have said, okay, sure, you can teach in English. But I just assumed that that would not be a possibility. And so I got myself a, a yoga book and I already knew how to teach yoga. Okay. I had studied it. I had taken a, a very intensive course. I had been teaching for a number of years. So I was qualified to teach yoga, but I didn't know how to say, I didn't know what to say. And I'm not talking about the names of the positions that are maybe in Sanskrit. You don't need to necessarily translate them, but like how do you say specific things about your body? Like, how do you describe, you know, the things that a yoga teacher says, like feel your foot, like rooting down into the ground, elongate your muscles, you know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> um, and so I got myself a yoga book so I could sort of understand how in Italian yoga was described, if that makes sense. So I did my homework. I worked really hard to create a quality yoga class in Italian. I wouldn't say I was fluent when I moved here, but I was very proficient. I was not a beginner. I didn't just speak the basics. I, I had a very good vocabulary and I was 
confident enough to have conversations in Italian. Well, so she says earlier in this this letter that she's hoping to go in April. She's got a little bit of time, but you know, we're here at the end of February, so she's kind of got a month, but you think that she could go without knowing as long as she enrolls in a class when she gets there? I mean, yes, she I mean, it's, it's not illegal to move to a country without being able to speak the language but <laughs> yeah. it's and you know english is a language that a lot of people speak so i would assume that she's going to be okay she'll be able to you know she'll be able to get by at the supermarket i mean you got by for a year with very little italian katie mm-hmm. um but a lot of people i think move to italy and they think oh i'll just pick it up and eventually you will just pick it up but it can take years i have friends who didn't have any Italian when they moved and they didn't take a class and it took them years to learn the language. And I feel like you miss out on a lot of life. You miss out on a lot of connections that you could have, work opportunities, obviously, and just in understanding the culture and being a part of the place you are. So so if you don't, if, if you don't speak any Italian beyond the basics when you go, just be serious about taking a class and don't just think, okay, I'll pick it up, you know, I'll get an Italian boyfriend. And that does work, by the way, but it only works if you guys speak Italian. <laughs> a lot of a lot of Italian men do speak English. And so if you end up dating a guy who speaks English, he'll be so excited to be able to practice his English that you, your Italian won't improve. <laughs> <laughs> one of, I think, I'm sure I've told you before, but one of my uh, good friends in college was a man named Enrique who was a study abroad student from Spain. And he used to come over to my house after we had a class together our final year in school. And so he would come over to my house after that class and we would watch a Spanish soap opera every afternoon together. And, you know, I had studied Spanish in high school, but I hadn't studied it since then. So it's been like a good four years, maybe more. I was kind of testing that theory. Like if we just watch this every day, I'm going to I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to pick, don't even tell me, I'm going to pick it up. You know, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. And, and he would just, I mean, we watched this for weeks, like weeks and weeks <laughs> and weeks. And every now and then we'd be watching and he'd be like, he'd turn to me and he'd say, all right, what do you think just happened in that scene? And I'd say, oh, well, <laughs> she said such and such a thing and this happened and this happened. And he'd be, he, he would just start laughing and say, nope. <laughs> and I'd say, well, am I close? And he's like, mm, not really. So no subtitles. I mean, yeah. So I think it is hard. There is that felt like if I just always have the Spanish language television on in the background, I'm going to pick up something. And and it's not necessarily true. No, um, not necessarily. Now, if I had had him like saying in English while they were talking, who knows? I don't know. So she goes on a little bit. A lot of her concerns really revolve around language, but I'm going to read a little more. She says, I want to check out places like Siena before I settle on a place to live. But I know that the bigger cities are probably better for networking and making friends. I'm just personally drawn to quieter places. Should I go to the smaller towns later when I have more Italian? What do you think of that question? Um, This desire to want to live in a small town, but thinking like as a brand new arriver, it might not be best to be there. Well, I mean, I think this could go either way because A, definitely you're not going to have an ex- a big expat community in a small town. But maybe for your language learning, that's actually a positive because it will force you to have more interactions with native 
Italians and that will force you to have to improve your your language so it's it depends on the kind of person you are are you the kind of person who likes to like you know dive into the deep end uh or do you like to walk in slowly and dip your toes in first you know i I, i'm kind of the same way i like i love the idea of the small town um i've never lived in a small town though so i don't know (laughs) if i would actually like it but um, it, it'll definitely be harder to find jobs just full stop, whether, you know, whether you speak fluent Italian or not, it's harder to find a job in a small town. And I think it's harder to make friends in a small town. In a small town, you've got a lot of people who grow up in that town who've never left. And Italians famously make friends, you know, in their youth and they keep those friends their whole lives, especially if they don't move out of their town. And so you've got people who have these extremely solidified friend groups and they're not really looking for any more friends whereas if you go to a big city you've got people who maybe have moved there from a different part of the country and they don't have a lot of friends yet and so they're open to making friends and then of course you've got expats who are obviously much easier to make friends with because they're in the same boat you'll find it much easier to to find work in the big city but here's the thing this thought came into my mind when she talked about the kind of work that she does you know, there are so many opportunities now that, that didn't, simply did not exist when I moved to Italy uh, because of the internet. And even more than the advent of the internet, I almost think that, the, you know, the post-COVID world has also made this even more so, even doubly true, is that you can kind of launch an online business and have clients around the world. I mean, I don't know her specific type of body work. Like, I don't know. Do you need to actually be physically with the person, have your hands on them? Or is it more of a life coaching, like a talking situation? I don't know. But I do know at least one, I think she's American, who lives in, I follow her on Instagram. I don't know her personally, but we've had communication online. She quit her job, had some big corporate job that she didn't really like very much. She also taught yoga, and I think she had some other qualifications in that vein. And she moved not to Rome. She moved to a small town in southern Italy, in Puglia. Now, I don't know her personally, so I don't want to say the wrong – I don't want to say something that's not true. She may also have a physical yoga studio that she teaches out of. I do not know. But I know that she has online clients that she teaches through Zoom. And she coaches, it's kind of a life coaching, meditation, yoga all together. And she lives and thrives off of that, from what I can see. Um, that's something that I could never have done in 2004 when I got off the plane here. Yeah. Um, you know, didn't even have a reliable internet connection. There was no way that that was happening. But nowadays, I just think be creative, look for alternatives to just, you know, working for somebody else in their yoga studio, it might not be that easy to find that kind of work. It might be the kind of thing where you do that to supplement your income and you have to have another job. Well, she does say, I am open to working pretty much anywhere from coffee shops to wellness retreat centers. My aim is to cover costs and get by and enjoy my experience for the first year, settle in a bit, get better at the language. She says, I haven't been to Italy for about eight years now, but I used to visit frequently. And I've always noticed that they don't speak very much English. It always comes back to that, uh, ah, how much do I actually need to know the language? <laughs> I would also love to know any tips you have on where I should try for work 
even farms where I might live and work for my keep so that I could be able to start working right away. So, I mean, that's sort of the end of her questions. And you sort of address that a little bit, like maybe you lay some groundwork for some things that you can be doing right away, but not perhaps in Italy itself proper. You mean online? Yeah. While you try to find yeah. something? I mean, <laughs> if, yeah, if she, if, I would say, yeah, I always say this to anybody who wants to move, uh, move abroad. I'm like, if you have a way to work remotely, grab that, do that. <laughs> Even if that's not what you want to do forever, if you have something marketable that you can either be working for someone else or freelancing, do that, set that up. So you have at least something coming in because I think people, particularly people coming from the States, but I would assume also coming from other parts of Western Europe, I think they overestimate how much jobs are going to pay. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the the typical, you know, like you think of a sort of basic, you know, just at a college job or even while you're in college job, like working in a coffee shop or waiting tables, something like that, you think, okay, well, it's not, you know, I'm not going to make a fortune doing that, but it, it's, it's a living wage. In Italy, nine times out of 10, if you're in a big city, it's actually not a living wage and you can't live on it. And they just assume, well, young people are living with their parents, so they don't need that much money. And so they pay you something that you could never, you could never pay rent with ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not as easy as like, okay, I get a, get a job at Starbucks. I can live on that. I'm not going to get rich on it, but I can live on it. You might not be able to live on a coffee shop job um, mm -hmm. in Italy. Well, and I mean, so just keep, just keep that in mind. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about Italy and why we've, we've done episodes about the best places and the worst places to move if you're looking to move away from your country. And Italy often doesn't make the top 10 list, even though it's a desirable location for a lot of people because of the art and the architecture and the weather and all the, and the food and all the things that we love about Italy. But it hardly ever makes the list because the salaries are so low compared to other places in the world. You just... If you're going to move there and you're going to work there, you might just have to accept the fact that you're not going to make as much money as you might if you were to move to a different country, say. Yes. Yes. And I think specifically, the wages are not comparable to the cost of living. Mm. So you've got some places in the world where the wages are low, but the cost of living is also very low. Right. In Italy, the cost of living is not as high as it is in many major U.S. cities. But it is still high for the level of the average salary. Yeah, I mean, I would say that in Rome, at least from my experience there, as I when I lived there for a year and was not hardly making any money, <laughs> living on a very thin stipend. Once you pay for the internet and the the lights and and the rent is pretty high. Like it was, uh, that was our biggest expense by far. Um, the grocery store food is actually kind of reasonable, I would say, but but yeah, it's. It's a thin margin if you are not making that much. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, there are certain things that are expensive in Italy and there are certain things that are cheap. Things that are expensive are gas, electricity, not just gas as far as gas in your car, but the gas, gas heating in your house, the gas that you need in your house, also electricity and rent, obviously. Those things are very high. Um, but eating out costs less. And grocery stores generally cost less and service things cost less because people are paid less. It makes sense, right? So like if you go to <laughs> right. get um, your legs waxed, for example, it'll cost a lot less than it would cost 
in the States. Right. But one of the things I love about, and we should talk about it sometime maybe, is one of the things I love about Italy and many places in Europe, for that matter, that we do not have in the United States is that whatever the price it says it is in the grocery store or at the restaurant, <laughs> that is actually the price that it is. Whereas here, the tax is not included, the hidden fees are not included. And so you'll think, oh, it's only, I'm going to eat this pasta for $9. No, you're not. <laughs> you're you're going to eat that pasta for like 12 something, you know? And that is one of the things that drives me the most crazy after spending some time living in Europe and coming back and living in the States is oh. why do we not just round it in? You can still tax it, but just tell me how yeah. much it's going to cost instead of hiding it from me. I know. I hate that. Claudio and I'm sure many Europeans, when he's in the States, he's just like, oh, I, you know, he has to remind, constantly remind himself that when he sees something, he's got to add like, I don't know, like 15, 20%, depending on if it's a restaurant or or clothing or whatever. And, and and that is one thing that's great about Italy. However, the sales tax way, way higher in Italy. It's mm. 22% sales tax in Italy. So you think you're getting a good deal, but actually you're not. You're kind <laughs> but, of getting screwed. But it feels like a good deal because they say, you know, 22 euros up front. And you're like, okay, <laughs> I know what I'm in for. I know what I'm in for. Whereas here, they not only do that, but you know, they, they try to trick you. They'll say it's $5.99. So you're like, oh, it's only $5. No, it's not. It's $6. And then it's actually $9 or whatever the case may be. Yeah. 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 All right. So do you have any other things that you think Ashling needs to know or anybody else who's considering this needs to know before she gets on that plane in one short month from now and moves to um, I guess I would just say, I mean, she says she's not a planner and you always say, you know, Tiffany went to Italy without a plan and she made it happen. And <laughs> that's kind of true, but I did do a ton of research and as it's not as, it wasn't as easy back then to research stuff. There weren't all these forums, there was no Facebook, you know, it was just not as easy to get information. And there was, you know, no way to contact other people who were out there doing it. You know, you just had to like dive into the unknown. So I would say don't like, okay, your personality, you don't like to plan, but you might need to plan a little bit. So if she so, had to look into say three things before she left, planning wise, um, well, maybe I would three say, is too many. We could also do one. Well, let's do three. Okay. She's European, yeah, right? She's Ireland. She's Irish. Mm -hmm. So I would say look into your health coverage in Italy. Like, is it, um, can you transfer it? Like, I don't know how it works between European countries, but that would be something, that was something I thought about. I, you know, I got, I did not have that opportunity. So I bought myself insurance to last at least a certain period of time, just in case something happened. So consider that. I do kind of think it's kind of useless to try to look for an apartment when you're not there, but you might want to set something up that's short term just so that you don't have to stay in a hotel or something that's going to be really expensive. Yes. And, and I will add to that just from my experience is that we set up a short term thing thinking that we would, it was a friend of a friend or something. And she had a, a spot that we stayed in and we thought we'd be there for a week. Maybe we'd get to searching for an apartment immediately and we'd find something in a week or two maximum. Mm -hmm. And we ended up taking a month at least, if not longer, to get into a place. And so when you think about that, if we had been in a hotel, that would have crushed Oof. us financially. So yeah, real yeah. reason so, to set something up if you can. 
Yeah. I mean, if you can find a place, you know, it, it better, even if you can find it, you know, the place that you're going to be at least a three month rental, if, if it looks like it's something that, that you could live with better to set it up. It was not a possibility when I went, but things are easier now. I would say those two things more than anything. And then, and then the language, like study, just, just do it. It's hard, but it's also exciting and fun. So just work on the language because it'll make it things so much easier. And do it in a class, you're saying. Don't try to do it with books or online. Books by yourself? I mean, can you learn a language from a book? I don't know. I have, I, have I, have a, <laughs> I have a book on my shelf right now. Where is it? Hang on, I'll show you. Here you go. I put this, it's an aspirational book on my shelf. It says, 30 days to great Italian. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe that you can learn a language from a book. <laughs> um, not unless you have a, a very strong foundation and you're just trying to improve your grammar, like get much more specific grammar. But I really don't. I, I think you'd have to be some kind of a genius to be able to learn a language without a class. So yeah, it has to be a real class. It could be in online, but a real, like a, like a human, like a human teacher who's listening to you and a asking you questions, answering giving you feedback, not just like a recording of somebody uh -huh. off in space. Man, it would be re really funny. I wish you and I could figure out a way to like actually try this book and like give it to somebody and have them <laughs> and you can judge their Italian 30 days later. It's a big commitment, but yeah, it'd be a really yeah. interesting experiment to see. Look, I tried to learn Spanish from a book and I had a, I had a Puerto Rican boyfriend at the time, <laughs> and I and I still didn't learn Spanish. <laughs> so there you go. All right. Well, thank you so much for that email and those questions, and thanks for finding the show. When you meet other expats on this big adventure, please pass on the word about this show to them. And that goes for the rest of you too, not just expats. Just tell all your friends about this podcast. Whatever, whenever you're asked, what's your favorite podcast? I hope that we spring to mind. As in even if you're not asked don't <laughs> keep us a secret <laughs> yeah just complete just start writing it on people's hands you know need something to listen yeah. to yeah <laughs> um yeah and thank you so much for this if you have a question or an idea for a topic that you'd like to hear you can always send us an email bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com if you can't remember that just visit our website thebittersweetlife.net and there's a contact us uh link right there and uh right and we'll leave it there and until next time this is the bittersweet life i'm katie sewell i'm tiffany parks join us again bye if you love the show take a moment to leave us a review on apple podcasts we love to read why you listen and your rating might help someone else discover the show Take just a couple of minutes to let the world know what you think of this show. It means the world to us. Thanks.